KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. Hey guys, welcome back to Dylan Friends. This week on the pod, really special episode, one that we really, yeah, really incredibly special. We have uh, young Will Murray. Um, he's one of our friends at the studio. He's been coming and doing a bit of work with us, loved his time, and uh, he put his hand up, said, I want to come on the show and, and tell my story, which was um, which is really cool. So to give context of Will, it's actually Emma Murray's son, one of our favorites uh, here at Dylan Friends, who we've had the pleasure of having on the show multiple times, and, and we will have her on the show uh, multiple times again. But through that, developed a really cool relationship with Will, who um, is coming in, doing a bit of production work with us, and um, yeah, really enjoying his, his company, He's a very funny man, very cheeky guy. But yeah, Will Will's story is pretty incredible. As I said, he hasn't really been too public with his story, but unfortunately at a young age, he was involved in a really serious accident and uh, was as damaged his spinal cord and left him um, in a wheelchair. And yeah, it's a pretty traumatic story that him and his family have been through. And he shared that and shared what he'd sort of learned from the situation, what he's still sort of learning today and was just really upfront and honest about the whole thing. And it's been, um, yeah, it was really cool to sit down with him and, and um, have a chat about and I can't appreciate uh, his openness and honesty enough for something that would have been really tough but I think um, you know he really enjoyed doing it and wants to be able to help educate people on on these things and and obviously help tell his story a little bit because he, he hasn't actually told it before and or, or spoken to even his family about it so um, yeah it's a really brave thing to do but really appreciate it so I hope you enjoy the show. Hi fam it's Dylan's mum Deborah. This is Dylan Friends. He's like, you can embarrass yourself. And I was like, bro, do you want me to do all seven verses? Bit arrogant. Didn't know all yeah. seven. <laughs> I've been in a bad team for 10 years and we got a chance to do something pretty special this year. All you can do is put your hand up and say you're wrong. Banter is a way that guys connect, a way that we can kind of play it safe with someone until we get to know them. I try to fix people sometimes. I'm like, Dan, stop doing that. Just listen. And you stack on top of that the habit of not taking your phone when you take your dog. It's easy. They had no other way to get out of the cave and we either turn our backs on them, in which case they're going to die, or we give this crazy idea a go. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Hey, Will, how are you, man? I'm good, bro. How are you? Yeah, good, man. You're pretty good at this podcasting thing these days. Oh, you know, it comes naturally. <laughs> nah. What's nah. happening? How's the weekend? Oh, it was actually tame for the first time in a while. Didn't go to the ESPY. You didn't go to the ESPY this no, weekend? No, I didn't. Jeez, they would have been down on their drink sales. Yeah, well, I had to be fresh for today, so... Mm. That wouldn't have done me any good. But, I love um, that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, how are you, my friend? Good to see you. Yeah, good, bro. I'm good. Just um, cruising. Cruising along. As usual. Yeah, good. We, um, we're friends. Are we? <laughs> yeah, we are. Good enough. <laughs> to give give context as well of our um, incredible friendship, you started coming in maybe, what do we, we would say, maybe eight weeks ago? Yeah, I'd say two maybe months. Two months ago. Mm. So coming in, getting a bit of experience in the podcast world, Yep. doing a bit of stuff. 
and you sat in on a few episodes. I think you listened to Dave Asprey's episode a few times. Yeah, probably about three now. You listened to that Four. one three times, yeah. but none other ones. You've not. You haven't listened to one other one besides Dave Asprey. No, I like to learn them word for word. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. That's <laughs> super weird. Um, no, I watched a Dylan Alcott one. Oh, you watched a Dylan Alcott? That's a new favorite. What do you think of that? Out of the two I've watched. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, big fan. Have you met him? I haven't yet. No, I've texted him a few times. Yeah, but haven't met him yet. So. Yeah. Unbelievable guy. Yeah, I'm keen to meet him. Mate is a star. Mum's met him a few times, so yeah, well, quite a lot. I've heard good things. No, nah, he's a, he's a champion. I'm sure you'll cross paths very soon. Mm. Hey, to give context of um of you and who you are, Will Murray, uh, Emma Murray's son. I Sorry, am. Emma Murray is your mother. Yes, I used to hate this as well. Like when people would always refer me as Jim Buckley's son. Does that annoy you? Oh, because no, I, I like to think now that he's my dad. Mum's got some. I got some pretty big shoes to fill with mum. So yeah get there maybe i kill this podcast we can start referring to I'm sure you will. my mom yeah i'm sure you will and yeah. give us um give us a bit about you your situation and, and what we're going to talk about today because i think today's a big one man like you started coming as i said you're doing some experience without telling your story yourself and and just briefly like you know you're you're in a wheelchair mm. and you've never spoken to anyone about sort of your life um, your story to this date and not publicly, not no, publicly. Not. Yeah. So like to come in, I didn't actually think I even asked you on the show. I think you just demanded to come on, oh, which, which I liked. I think we were, I really liked, but I, oh, it hang was, on. No, we were, <laughs> I saw you had me down <laughs> as the stories we wanted. So I'm like, fine, I'll help him out. It'll be all right. <laughs> Give us a bit about yourself. What we like, um, as a kid growing up, how many brothers and sisters, where'd you grow up? Melbourne, um, boy, Sandringham boy. I'm a Sandringham Bayside. boy. Moved there a few. Moved around there a few times, but not out of Sandringham. I'm moving to Hampton next year, though, so big move, one suburb <laughs> over. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Sandy Boy lived uh, with a family of, geez, how big is it now? Six? Six, yeah. Mm. So two, little brother, little sister, older sister. So always madness in the house. Being to school there, every, I'm very local. And yeah, it's uh, it's good. I like I like it down there. It's very quiet. It is. It's one of those. I I think I've said this multiple times, and I got nothing against uh, the south side of base. I love it. Mm. It's just not my neck of the woods. So I don't think we ever would have crossed paths. Really, we sort of meet in the middle. Where are you now? You're I'm uh, north side. Yeah, it's a yeah. bit of a conflict thing. Well, it's just different base side, different people. Yeah. yeah, different people. What were you interested growing up? I know you're a very humble man. Oh yeah, not really, but um, I've actually been speaking to your your old man, your mum, who is a really good friend of mine, and obviously really somewhat familiar with your story of just mm. publicly of public um, knowledge. But in, in terms of playing footy and and sport growing up, um, I've actually seen some highlight tapes as well this morning that would oh. rival, would nearly rival mine. I reckon. I reckon we should, yeah, can we put them up? Neck and neck. We will put them up neck and neck and, and see which one was. I reckon you're bigger than me. Let's have a poll. Oh, yeah. not hard. Like, <laughs> different different builds. But um, yeah, loved loved sport. Yeah. Always had some footy or basketball in hand. Blame, was playing footy. That was probably the first sport I took up. Yeah. With dad. Um, would be kicking the footy in the backyard since I was like four. Three or four. That was always a favourite. Did BMX a lot as a kid. Now, where'd that one come from? I don't know, really. Like racing or like, I don't really like know. skate parks or nah, racing? so like BMX. Have you seen the Olympic one? Yeah, like, like race. The, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. hectic jumps yeah. and all that. Yeah, um, I don't I don't really know how you get into that. Dad obviously likes to cycle, but I don't know. It was a weird one, but I loved it. Did that for a few years. It got to a point where I had to pick between that and footy. And so I just picked footy because you don't, BMX is not much. You do a lot of traveling for like 
five, six minutes of actual bike riding in a whole whole night. So footy was definitely the one for me. Um, picked up basketball for a few years and then again had to pick footy over that. So, yeah, footy was definitely the the main one. Played for Vic um, under 12s. So got a lot of close mates sort of now. Now playing um, AFL. Um, I don't know if you've had any on here. Who are they? Um, Will Phillips, Tanner Bruin. Who else is there? Archie Perkins, one of my best mates. He he wasn't in the Vic team though. I think it was emergency for that team. Um, I've grown up. I grew up with Archie. We were neighbours only up until last year. There you go. Now that he's moved out, but yeah, nah, footy and those boys. Yeah, it's a pretty good, pretty cool sport. Footy. The pretty small community when you think about it it is man and the friends you mate through it are, are mm. like lifelong i look back through all my stuff and like the guys that i still hang out with the most are guys that i played not even afl with but more like junior football yeah it's such a big like a big time of your life where you're like really meeting a lot of your good friends yeah i think that's what it's best for i don't really miss the footy part of it so mm. much anymore i've kind of gotten over that definitely the friends that you the get community from factor it's, yeah um, change rooms and that's the stuff you don't really you don't lose so definitely one on that side of it it's yeah. good yeah we'll get through uh into your story today and definitely you know what you've what you've been through what you're going through now and how um and goals and everything for the future and all the progress that you've made um mm. in that space but where do you sit at the moment with with that part of your life like is that been sort of challenging part to not be playing footy and the love of the sport that you do anymore yeah, it was – it gets easier. Yeah. But, it, you know, it comes and goes because, you know, your footy's everywhere. So, like, there's always going to be a time where you're watching, like, fuck, it'd be all right to be out there or um, stuff like that. And especially when your friends that you grew up with, you know, when they get drafted and stuff, you're like, mm. oh, wouldn't mind being there with them and all that. But, um, you know, as soon as you learn to – like I said, I, I'm much happier – now that I've learned that, you know, there would be things to come out of it and just playing. Yeah. It does make it a lot easier. But, I mean, that it'll never really go away. Like, I, you know, I played sports so much, I always have that that um, fight on, you know, compete and stuff. But it's not as bad as it used to be, especially because um, when I had my accident, I was 13. So that's when you're really stepping, stepping up in... In footy especially, that's when it starts to get serious. Mm. So, you know, I always heard that I didn't get to keep going, but I don't know. As soon as you get over that hump and realise that there's more to it, then, you know, it's uh, a lot easier to not not worry about too much. 100%. Talk us, um, maybe to, to give to give context and then we can go on with the rest of your story. I think it would be cool to... Um, talk about the incident itself. Like, what was the? Do you remember the day? Like, what was going on? Do you have much memory of, of everything? Uh the day itself's pretty patchy. That probably because I hit my head pretty bad. Mm. So yeah, so I um, was at the at the beach with some mates. Jumped, dove head first off the pier, blacked out for a second, woke back up, face down underwater. That was yeah, that was, that was pretty interesting. That those few seconds. Felt like bloody five hours being underwater, trying to trying to roll over. Couldn't. I was a bit confused, and then some some guy came in and got me out. So props to him. But yeah, it's all patchy. You kind of got like little screenshots in my head of it. Kind of waking back up on the beach, 
and then don't really remember anything after that in the ambo, ambo for about one second. Mm. And then I was taken to hospital straight into surgery. So um, like the only thing I remember before that, I was, I think I was begging mum to give me water before the surgery, but they wouldn't let me drink water. And I'd taken on a lot of um, salt water. I was swallowing the water when I was face down because in my head I was going to drink the whole ocean before I'd run out of air, run out of air. So that was um, not my smartest decision. Mm. And then, yeah, I was in a coma for a few days after that. And then I just remember waking – my first day I remember is my birthday. So it happened the week before my birthday – one week exactly before my birthday so i've again i only remember little glimpses of after the coma it was a pretty rough week because after swallowing all that water it gave me bad pneumonia oh fuck and because of my injury i couldn't my diaphragm wasn't working properly so so i couldn't breathe properly and i couldn't cough anything cough anything up so i just had all this water sitting in my lungs which would was actually probably the worst out of everything and then after a few nights of fighting that finally got over that and then yeah i remember my birthday all right because all my that's when the first time i saw my friends um or i think i saw them that's like i think a few of them visited me while i was out cold it was a that was a tough week um and then and then obviously the few days after that after my birthday and then coming to terms with everything that was pretty tough yeah but um it actually wasn't as bad in the first few days because i didn't really know what was going on so when they told me what had happened i didn't really believe it i didn't i didn't really take it on board i was like oh you know it'll be like anything the doctors just tell you how like the worst of it and you, it's always better than it is and then it kind of sunk in a bit after how serious the next few weeks were going back sorry before, yeah. we, before we get there going back just to the moment at the beach yeah yeah so you're with your mates yep so i was with um i think i was with three of my mates three of your mates yeah. so you jump off hit your head on the ground mm. how long do you think you're underwater for i don't so my mate dove off i dove off straight after him but I duck dived that he didn't um, hit my head. I definitely blacked out. Not sure how long. And I woke up. I remember just, I remember just like seeing how clear the water was. It was like you take like, and then I'm like, oh, okay, I've, I'm, I've obviously seen my head. I'm like, oh, I'll flip back over and get out. And then I try to twist myself over and nothing was happening. And I tried again and again. I'm like, oh shit, that's not, not too good. Mm. And the guy that actually—correct me if I'm wrong—but the guy that saved you, you've never actually seen him again. Yeah. So, you yeah. was a complete stranger. So yeah. So he, I've been. I was under, and then as I said, I started drinking the water because I was, I was literally just trying to breathe underwater. You, and I kind of stopped. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna just wait and hope for the best now. And then he, this guy comes and grabs me and flips me over and he's trying to talk to me and I'm just yelling at him, oh, you saved my life, you saved my life, you saved my life, thank you, thank you. And then, yeah, took me to the shore and I've never seen him since. So if he's out there, I would definitely like to 
That's unbelievable. Meet up with him. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully if someone's out there today listening yeah. and they know who that was, we'd love to be able to. That'd, that'd be pretty cool. Be pretty. Do you um, remember what he looked like? He was bald. I remember that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Unless I was already delusional at that point. But um, yeah, he was bald. Didn't, I didn't. I haven't seen him since. Yeah. Unbelievable. And where were you? What, where, whereabouts was it? So um, Half Moon Half Moon Bay. Yep. Down at there. Down at there. Um, Yacht Club, I think it is. That was our spot growing up. We were always jumping off that pier. So it was nothing nothing new to Unusual, us. Unusual, yeah. Uh, it was packed as well. Like hot summer's day, uh, you know, 50 people on the pier, which probably was a good thing instead of that happening when no one was around. But yeah, half moon. So it was completely nothing new to us. And then, yeah, just... Freak accident. Yeah. Freak accident. When you got to... Um, oh, sorry, and I'll just keep because I you know, want to try and get the story as much as I can. When you got to the hospital, what was like the, the diagnosis or when you first found out exactly what had actually happened physically to your body? Yeah, so actually... Um, the first thing that they thought had happened, so my my injury is a, um, so it's a spinal cord injury. Yeah. And so when I when I hit my head, um, on the sandbank, the the my neck broke and the bones that broke, then were putting pressure on my spinal cord, mm-hmm. and so that's how the the damage in the spinal cord happens. So my that bruised my spinal cord and damaged it a bit, but it didn't it didn't like cut the spinal cord in half, which is called a complete spinal injury. Mine's incomplete. Yep. But at first in hospital, they thought my injury was a complete spinal cord injury. So it was a lot scarier than what it ended up being at, at first. Yeah. And what would like, for those out there who don't know, what's the dif- what would be the difference? Um, so with a complete spinal cord injury, that means basically most cases or if not all cases, there's literally no movement from below the injury site yep. in the body, whereas incomplete, you are, you can get movement back, get movement back, yep. or you don't lose, you don't lose movement in some spots. So being incomplete, I've been able to get a lot, a lot. of that um, movement that I lost on those first few months back. But yeah, so that's the first thing they thought. I don't, I, I was still pretty out of it, so I don't really know how they came to that and how that changed. I'm not really sure it was that was more would have been having discussions with my parents and stuff mm. yeah that was it was a relief when I, they changed their mind yeah have you ever spoke to your mum and dad about their experience of the situation i actually haven't really or at all I don't, not really know because yeah. yeah it hasn't really been a moment to sit yeah. back and reflect yet we, we've spoke like i suppose in our time just chatting in the studio when you've been coming in doing work and stuff and probably should have mentioned this a little bit more at the start but you haven't really spoken to many people about this like why today why podcast is the first time to, to um, do it yeah well i haven't actually i haven't definitely haven't spoken publicly at all about it um to, to this extent i've really only ever opened up a bit to my closest friends mm. and even to most of them it's not really like in full like in full at all I don't know. Yeah, as I said to you the other week, it's like I think with this, it's something I'm, I would never fully be ready to do until I just do it. Yeah. And obviously being 13 when it happened, I was definitely way too young to hop straight into talking about stuff and um, trying to share anything that I've learned 
um, at at that age. But now I feel like, you know, I've kind of matured a fair bit. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it. I feel like it's a, a good time to to start and see where it goes because it's a I don't know it's a it's a it's a unique story. So I've definitely come to terms that it's something that some people might want to hear. So I feel like you know with my best mate across the room, <laughs> it's not a bad not a bad place to start. No, I'm on it, mate. I really am. It's um, it's incredible that you uh, you feel comfortable enough with us and Dars and Sam to to sit down and do it. And I just wanted to make a point that we don't, we definitely don't take that for granted today. And hopefully, we can um, yeah, we can do the story justice. And I know for you today from chatting, it's just a, it's a starting point. Mm. Um, I know you can't see it yet, but um, the amount of impact that you can have on people, um, and are, and are already having on people, mm. but might not even know it yet, is is immensable. So. Um, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm really excited to to keep going. And then again, this today, like this, isn't meant to be a, a glossy chat. Like it's yeah. not. Well, um, we haven't. You know, we put this through. You, you put a lot of this run sheet down together because we were coming in and we're like, let's do the show, let's have a chat. And then I was like, you know, fuck, maybe let's get you to put your own run sheet together. Let's get you to put down your story, and we'll just get through it how we can because it is. It's hard for both of us. Today. Yeah, like it's something that I've we've both never really done before. So yeah, it's going to be a bit all over the shop, but. Um, I'm really excited to just get through and, and get through whatever we can with it. Yeah, same, man. I think I'm I'm learning a fit bit as well. 100%. And won't be the last. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So when you were saying before as well about you had found out about the compression, so the, the bruising of the spinal cords, you mm. found out, okay, there's some good news in that case. Um, you wake up, you're coming out of your coma, a few of your friends are around. I can imagine that time would have been a bit hectic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a bit of um, and sorry, just realizing as well. Like at that time, it this was a massive not just in your friendship, but like a, a massive news story, like all over the world. Like you had people reaching out from everywhere. Yeah, yeah, oh, it blew up a fair bit actually. It um, it, uh, yeah, I was just I was just kind of trying to you know come to terms with stuff and um, started getting messages from like who did I get on my birthday? There was Steph a, Curry, Steph, Steph Curry. So I think. So Luke Darcy was over there for um, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, not sure exactly what he was doing, but he was obviously doing some media stuff. And then he ran into Steph Curry, got him to send a message. And then after the game, he s- somehow got into the locker room of the Denver Broncos. And I'm a, I'm a mad NFL fan. So he's gotten Peyton. So these guys just won the Super Bowl. He's gotten Peyton Manning and... Von Miller, who's just won the like the like the Norm Smith of the NFL, wow. and they've sent messages. And you know, um, yeah, Von Miller's is like like hectic American, like six foot seven <laughs> um, linebacker, just this massive like you know J up message. It was pretty cool. I think there was a tweet from Shaq, and then yeah, obviously a heap of um, guys in the footy world were sending sending their love so that was that was good that was very uplifting not long after there was something at the hospital where they were coming in and so a few of them came and visited a few of the a lot of the richmond boys came in the essendon boys um brennan goddard asked me to run out with him on his 300th huge that was um that was pretty spectacular that was one of the cooler moments of it all but yeah that was um that was a bit of light for the whole those few weeks um, I don't really know 
I reckon it'd be a bit different if that I wasn't, wasn't getting that case, much yeah. um, support. And then obviously my friends that 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 was a different story. Them, they're um, they were actually there every day pretty much. I think they had to put a limit on um how many visits I could have mm. at some point. I think your mum was saying nearly like the school was shuttling kids out. Just it, it was everywhere. yeah, it was absurd. They were like yeah, they were the, they were first ones in, and then when all that the hype kind of uh, slowed down a bit, they were the ones still coming. Yeah, which was um which was good. Mm. Um, yeah. If you're happy to go into it, I know that even from experience in any sort of like adversity that you face, like always the first like week or two is. It's, there's a lot there and there's a lot of people that are supporting and, and, and want to show their best. But then the, the hardest part maybe of like, I don't want to say, it, it, the hardest part of adversity is probably like the next period, that like bit where things do slow down and you start to become more just like you, your mates and your family and it gets a bit more narrow focused. Was there a time like that where it started to sink in more for um, just yourself? Yeah, well, so they wanted me in, they wanted me to stay in the hospital so after I, I was in ICU, that I was in the coma then in um, ICU there in their intensive care unit. Yeah. That's where I had my birthday and I was there for oh, two weeks maybe. That was the easily the shittest part of it all. Yeah. But that was all a massive blur to me. Then they moved me down to one of their wards. That's when it kind of started to get like, all right, now you got to like start learning how to live with this. And they wanted me to stay in the hospital, I think, for nine, nine to 12 months. Not sure why. I think that's just their usual protocol with a spinal cord injury. It's a long time. Yeah, it is. How long did you do? We did three months. So that's the, I think that's the quickest ever someone with a spinal injury has gotten out of that hospital. I think this says it pretty stubborn, uh, pretty clearly in that, but you're a pretty stubborn motherfucker. <laughs> like even the fact of now not to jump in but you have not really followed a trend of a normal injury the whole time yeah since the get-go we haven't really followed a traditional path yeah, the yeah the traditional path that they want you to follow starting in the hospital so they're in hospital their their aim is to teach you how to live with an injury with mm. like what it is they want to, they teach you that they want you in there for so long so you, once you're out you can just live with the um the injury forever and you can um, just go on about life with the injury straight away. We're like, fuck that. Like, and mum drove that the most probably. I think mum nearly got kicked out of the hospital like three times. Like, there's a thing called a code grey in the hospital. It's basically when some someone's going psycho. They threatened mum a few times with that that we're going to call a code grey on you, which is pretty funny. <laughs> what was she doing? She's in the in my in the room, just like the like going off it now the nurses they were lovely people like of course nothing against them they're just doing their job but mum you know being mum obviously was never satisfied with anything so she was just going getting a bit uh a bit um up and about and yeah just started yelling at the wrong people and um yeah they threatened her with that that was that was good actually i hated it I was just looking out the window the other way, trying to ignore it. <laughs> um, but now, now it's funny. As soon as I t we started, well, they started with me to try and teach me the whole ways of living with it. Mm -hmm. I just fucked that. Like, would spend here as absolutely minimal time as possible. Yeah. And at that stage as well, by the way. So, so since you know, I've met you 
now and you're a very capable young man. Like you get around, you can do your thing, you've got movement in really well, good movement in your arms, mm. like everything like that. But that wasn't the case. So that this has been like a long journey to get to this stage, yeah. hasn't it? So how were you at that stage, like in the hospital? The f like for the first few weeks, I, w I couldn't even, I couldn't really do anything. I couldn't scratch my my own nose. Couldn't couldn't do any of that. And that was that was the scariest part. Some because it's so like it's such an unsure injury, and every case is different. It's not like you break your arm or you do your knee, and they can be like, do this, this, and that. Wait this long, and you'll be fine. It's really just like you've got to find out yourself. So that was a bit daunting, not being able to be told like what the fuck's going on and how long I have to wait for anything. And then the rehab at the hospital isn't like, so I've just, I've just like grown up playing hectic sport and, you know, vigorous sport. And then the rehab in the hospital that they're throwing me into is doing like, just move your arm like five times a day or some shit like that. So, so for someone that was as capable yeah as you to then doing that that must it was frustrating yeah. and very demotivating like you'd rather just do nothing because you get absolutely nothing out of it so that was the hardest part of the whole hospital experience there was nothing really like there, yeah there was, there was nothing like i wasn't looking forward to anything nothing like to get me through a day it was just lie there and wait so as soon as we decided to come out after three months, that was probably well, that was the best decision we made. Because yep. as soon as we got out, we could just jump straight and um, doing what we wanted to do. Mm. Because as it's so hit and miss, like we're just like, well, we're probably better off doing trying to find out ourselves what which path to go down. So yeah, we got out of hospital after three months and moved into our grandparents' house because we were reno renovating our house in Sandy. And fortunate enough, our grandparents at the time lived in Sandringham mm -hmm. as well, mum's mum and dad. The unfortunate part was that it was a house made for two people, not for eight. And so I lived in my grandparents' living room for two years because our house got kept getting delayed. So that was a very character-building experience for mm. everyone in the family. But it was much better than the hospital, so definitely grateful that we could do it do it there instead of having to wait. And, you know, it was fun every now and then with eight people in the house. There's always, always some sort of noise. I can imagine. Yeah. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. How many years now is the official, is it? We're coming up to seven. Seven years. Yeah. From the incident to where you are now, 
how could you, how would you like describe that trajectory? Has it been a linear path? Has it, has it been ups and downs? Uh, yeah, definitely an up and down one. Yeah. Because there's no end point, end point yet. It's been, it, 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 it's always just been up and down. Like, um, there's always something new to learn and there's always a challenge to overcome. It's gotten a lot easier than what it was at the start because we've learned so much. So when we've, we've, we've overcome the hardest parts. What are the hardest parts? Just kind of figuring it, like kind of learning everything about the whole, like the whole world of spinal cord injury. Yeah. And then once you kind of, once you kind of like, find your feet there a bit you can kind of go off we, we just went off and did our own thing took our own path with rehab so you know we just got we got a specialist come from the states to kind of teach uh we got a few pts in uh just to teach them a few like of like the um but like basic rehab stuff in spinal cord injury and then we just got took what we learned from them and then went off and kind of mix and match and did our own thing with that mm. and did that for a few years but i still wasn't in i still it still wasn't like pushing me hard enough i didn't feel i wasn't i wasn't coming out of it of a rehab session being like oh i want to go and do that again so we kind of ramped it up a bit and kind of took a whole new approach we did like a gym approach where the kind of went down the pt's path and we just kept that those um the basics involved like the stuff that we had to get done just to keep me healthy and stuff and then just turn it really into just like doing normal gym. Mm. So that was a big change for me and that's probably um, one of the best things we decided to do and that is what we're still doing now, just staying fit and healthy. But, yeah, back to, you, back to the whole trajectory of it. It's definitely – it's just, yeah, up and down, like not as many downs anymore. Mm. Like, it's definitely gotten a lot easier just because we've, you know, we're a lot more experienced in the whole situation and I cope a lot better with it now because I now have those kind of escapes like can go to can go to the gym, can, you know, I can go out with friends freely, a lot more freely now than what I would have used to have to um, be. It was just a lot doing things was a lot more stressful and harder back then yeah because i you know like going out with mates yeah. and just integrating yeah I was, like, um, was that from a physical point of view or more of just like were um, you just like questioning yourself physical, going out? yeah uh that didn't help but i was very hesitant i was i was pretty scared for a few years yeah of like people or what uh, could happen i wasn't it wasn't embarrassment it was more just like almost it's almost just being too shy to like face the world again yeah just because of what um you know what my life before was like I, I was very independent i didn't really like to rely on anyone or and now you get thrown into this new life of you can't do anything without the help of another person yeah so i didn't like the i didn't like the fact that i'd have to be out and i'd always have to make sure someone else was keeping tabs on me but my friends were really good with that. They were really understanding. Without me even knowing, they kind of just like took the approach of um, uh, like they could have taken the approach of, oh, we're going to like treat him like what's happened's happened and we're going to, you know, look after him like his little kid. Like, no, they, they didn't do that. They 
they were like, oh, it's still, it's still Will, like, who the fuck? Like, it almost annoyed me a bit and they'd push me. They'd push me pretty hard. That's good. Yeah. And uh, looking now, like, is that something that for you has been a big one, just like people just treating you as normal as possible? Yeah. There's always going to be people who don't really know how to how to, how to approach you. Yeah. Which is so f- fair enough. Like, it's just, it's just a normal thing. Like, you don't really... If you don't know someone, you don't know how they how they want to be treated. But um, my friends, they knew how I would have wanted it without me knowing. Yeah. So definitely my closest mates, you know, they're always like, if I didn't want to come out, they'd be like, nah, you're coming, you don't have a choice. And, all, you know, and if we were out and I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to go do this or that, they'd be like, nah, come on. Like, all this, it was, it was good. It, like, I, back then I didn't appreciate it, but now i definitely do because yeah. it wasn't for what they did then i wouldn't be able to do the stuff i do on my own now yeah just because they gave me that confidence and stuff that without their help i would never have found so that was um that was that was a lot that was a lot of help from them that was a big part of moving forward but yeah there'll always be people that you know you know they treat you like like you need the help which is fine you know if you just teach them how you want to how you want them to to treat and they'll they'll learn quick enough that that's not the way like you want them to treat you so yeah can i ask this has there been a part um, and i'd be surprised if there wasn't and it'd be interesting to your take over the whole journey where early days you just sat back and you're like why why me like why why did this happen and you can get into that why me minds that mindset of just thinking yeah. the world's against you yeah, definitely. That's probably been the biggest, the biggest hurdle to. I wouldn't say that I've overcome. It's the one that you have to continually like jump over. And I think that's probably one of the best things you can learn about that is for, any, for anyone in any situation. You know, I think if they can f- realize that it's not just one big hump to get over a why me mindset, I think if you realize it's going to keep coming back, and I still get it all the time, like like heaps. It's a tough one because sometimes it it can hit harder than what it did the time the day before or the week before. But you know, sometimes I I don't know I find you know if you just maybe one day to get over it, you just gotta you know look back at what you had and then look at what you got now. And you know, sometimes you'll be like, "Fuck!" Like, look how far I've come. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'll dwell on it, and be like, "Oh, I had it all, and now I don't." But then if you if you can learn to if you can learn to find the things that you've got now in any situation and not compare it with the situation before, then it's pretty easy to get out of that mindset quickly. So basically if you just, I just find that if I can appreciate the stuff I've got now, like, you know, my friends, family, all that, the opportunities I've had, like, look, I'm on the fucking Dylan friends. But no, if you can appreciate those, the stuff you get to do now and um, that you've even got from the situation you're in, then it's not it's not overly the worst thing to happen. The the whole why me thing, because you know you can keep you can keep finding new stuff that you can be grateful for. Hundred percent. Um, so that's definitely it's, it's it's yeah it's up and down that one. Yeah, it's not it's not a fun mindset to have to go through, but um, you can learn a lot about yourself if you can. Um, find the gaps in it and learn 
learn to appreciate those small things. You've mentioned your friends and your family um, being the two you know biggest supports of of that and helping you through the whole process. Like, have you found anything over the over the period um, recently or in the past that's been like the biggest help for you? Like, what helps you the most be your best sense of self? Like, is do you you know obviously your mum's one of the best performance mindset coaches in Australia. I know yeah. you. you you, know, you don't do a lot of that at home. No, I don't. Um, I don't with mum. <laughs> when it's when you're getting the same dish served, maybe you don't enjoy it as much as I do. But you know, obviously, I enjoy her stuff a lot. Is yeah. that something that you've done, or any bits no, and pieces like that? I haven't done it with mum, but mum's obviously got good connections in that world. Yep. So I've definitely done um, some similar stuff with some yep. other people. One of mum's friends, I started doing um, some meditation a lot of meditation work mm. um what was this back in 20 2017 got really into that i actually for that year did it a lot with dusty martin um, dusty because at that time he was seeing mum a lot um because mum was working at richmond and he was always around and then uh we just crossed paths one time and decided to start meditating together <laughs> So, <laughs> so we just um yeah for that for that year of 2017, which I think was his that big killer year, best had, year yet. Yeah, um, we every week we were um, meditating together, oh, yeah. just at home, which was it's pretty cool. He's a he's a real good guy. He's a much different guy to what you see him as on what they make him out to be on TV. It's awesome. And what he is in the footy field. What were you doing? Like, what exactly were you doing? Like, were you... Um, who was the coach? I don't even know how to explain what profession it is. I, it's just meditation, but, yeah, we, you know, it was just... um, We just changed it up every week to kind of what we, like... Whatever you were doing at we that needed. week, yeah. It's like, sometimes, you know, a place to be calm and relax um, or, you know, to, to zone in on something that, you know, wanted to to get done over the next the, the coming like a bit of visualization bit of mind for just a bit of everything yeah it was, was needed it was it was more instead of it being a task for us to do it was more of a tool we could use yeah to get stuff done um, for what we needed did he give you his norm smith he did at the after that granny um that was pretty cool i think there's a pretty cool photo of him coming down the race after they just won and he runs over through a pack of people and gives a big hug. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah, in the rooms just after he gave me the Norm Smith, I think I held on to it for four or five months after that. It's pretty funny. I think yeah, he just gave me the Norm and just ran off to what, whatever he was doing in that off season. I was thinking, I didn't know if he wanted me to keep it or not, <laughs> but I could. I definitely couldn't. So I gave that one back to him. But um. <laughs> He's got a few. Surely you could just give him one. K one. But um yeah, it was pretty cool just having it, you know, one of the best play players of all time, having his Norm Smith in my in my room for half a year. That's unbelievable. you you're friends with a few big dogs and um obviously uh one of Australia's icons, the late Shane Warne as well, dude. I know he did some incredible gestures for you and the fam. Shane was a massive part of everything for really me and the family from very early on how did that come about i didn't i don't know if mum had much connection with him at the time i know that my dad's decent is really close with shane's brother yep um but i'm uh, one of my best friends is shane's youngest daughter summer yep 
and we've been super close since I was in year five or six. So whatever the connection was, he had his foundation after my accident. He's found that he was closing or stopping his his foundation. So he just gave all the money that they had left in it to me. Fuck. Which I'm not exactly sure how much it was, but it was a lot of money. Um, for just everything needed. Just everything, yeah. whatever we needed it for. So that was a game changer for me. That's fucking huge. Yeah, massive. Did you meet, like, obviously you met him? And so I met him in hospital very early on. And then he visited me once when I was back at my grandparents' house. And after that, I there was multiple occasions where I was meant to go hang out with Summer and our friends and I was so keen to see him, but it all, always blew over. Mm. So, yeah, it was very tough that I didn't, didn't – we didn't get to catch up much recently. Yeah. Because I, I definitely would have loved for him to see how far – I've come. I've come in the last, especially the last few years, because yeah, I was in a in a rough spot when he came visit me at home, so didn't really feel like much of a. It would have been nice for him to see what that what he did for me has definitely paid off. It's awesome, man. But um, yeah, massive props to Shane and yeah, shout out to Summer and the and the fam. They're they're awesome. It's actually her birthday of the week. That was a lot of fun. SP? No, run a, <laughs> run a market crown. Oh, bit of a step wow. up from the SP. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was um, that was good. That was good fun. Yeah, are you allowed to go to other venues or? Yeah, they uh, SP allow you to party at other places. Um, yeah, I think somewhere in the contract. Yeah, it says yeah. I can um, go off. Yeah, every for, now and then. For, yeah, for only twenty first at crown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but they're they're awesome. Summer's awesome. Can't thank them enough. And multiple people, and they know who they are. I couldn't couldn't bear them out without hundreds of and well, thousands of people. And it's been as small as just a little message or or a one dollar one dollar coin or being by my side every day. If there's a message out there for now, I know you can't speak of anyone, everyone, but personally to you in your circumstance, there's a if there's a query or anything for someone out there today to go like how to best approach you or to talk to you in terms of like to make you just feel the best what would that be just be normal yeah just you know i mean it's like how would you approach anyone like exactly you don't know anything about them i don't know the only thing you can really tell about me before you see me is something been through something but you know everything starts with a hey or hello how you going don't need to jump into anything Mm. like you would with anyone but you know people People like to find out. Well, most people, when they talk to me, they like to, you know, ask about my story. And, you know, I, I like it because I, I feel like I can be eye-opening to them. And mm. usually most of the time you, it leads to them telling them something about themselves that you learn something about them. So really? it's, it's, um, it's pretty cool. But, yeah, just, you know, be yourself and you'll, you'll learn a thing or two about someone. I found the biggest thing for me was routine. Yeah. Getting into a routine was very a big step for me because those first few years there was so much going on. I was all over the place, you know, appointments, seeing doctors, new rehab to do, new rehab to try, new people to meet that want to help you. It was just all over the shot. 
and then the last few years I've been out again a pretty solid pretty solid schedule with rehab and all that and it gives me a lot more time to to see my friends to hang out with my family um to go and do just to do whatever mm-hmm. I don't know yeah my friends have always been a really good escape for me um from the start because no matter what no matter what appointment I was at no matter what schedule I had on when it was all over the place I well, I could always just resort back to seeing them and hanging out with them that'll always be a massive um break for me it's being out it's like a bit of a just to get away from everything I don't know it's I'd say routine like yeah that's what I found mm. and it doesn't I suppose like for that question it's like i'm still trying to work that out for myself yeah let alone anyone like i'm still trying to work out what's best for me yeah i think think, i think that's the beauty of it like you can get you can get comfortable for a little bit yeah and you try something new and you find that works better so i don't know i just keep my i don't know stay open to trying stuff yeah what's um your current situation at the moment i know you're doing a lot of training a lot of pt getting strong Mm. getting a lot of movement back like where Obviously, coming in here every couple of weeks to do some work. Who yeah, I've actually had to pull you up a few times. You first week, I reckon you sat. At, you didn't do much. You're a pretty lazy worker, but you've gotten a lot better. You've gotten a lot better on the laptop, especially. It's really about the environment you put in <laughs> to be successful. You know, yeah. so it, I yeah. could pull you up. Yeah, but, you could, but I wouldn't do that to you. Yeah, um, I'll take I'll take the blame. What um what do you what do you want to do? Like, what's your what's your goals going forward? Do you know what that is yet? Like, I feel like I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like there is something that you do want to tell your story. You want to um, be able to help. It's a that's a weird one because the whole situation doesn't have a end point. Yeah, I've always got to juggle what I want to do versus improving with that. Yeah, now I could just completely throw it all away and then go and chase a dream like try chase a job or something that i want to do but that's not what i want to do i want to no matter what i'm always going to be rehab fitness like health first so if that is go hard for the next year or if that's go hard for the next 10 years i don't i don't know but that'll always be my priority number one so priority number one is improving as much as possible every day just continual yeah just going as far as I need to go. To give to the um, listeners, friends or family, anyone listening to this context, from when the injury first happened, we spoke earlier, to where you are now with movement, what's like the jump of scale? So you said before, like moving a move, five centimetres. Like literally any movement, the first. Yep. F- probably, well, in hospital, the first, which was those first three months, anything was like yeah, like incredible. Like we, we would just be shocked that it happened so like the first thing i did was i think my thumb moved a little bit i moved my thumb a tiny bit like that was huge and so that 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 gives you a insight on that and then to now i'm in the gym you know lifting lifting fairly heavy weights and doing i'm boxing Hey, I love I love boxing. That's fun. I got a few mates that are into it that train me a bit. Yeah, just like your normal normal gym session, doing like you know sled pulls with like fifty to hundred kilos. Mm. Um, so massive improvements, huge. And ever since I kind of hopped into that whole more like a regular gym scene, that's kind of where I started to flourish a bit more, just because it was definitely more set up for me. I was a lot happier, a lot more more motivated to go. 
and actually do it. So that's where it started getting a lot easier to see improvement. But yeah, so now it's, it's not really, yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely a lot different. Back then it was about getting as much movement as possible. Now it's staying fit and healthy. But yeah, yeah um, as I said, there's no real end point. So it's kind of just, I don't know, next week something new could happen. It's kind of the beauty of it. Just kind of wait and see. If you stick at it, um, which I'll, I'm doing and I'll do. 100%. So, yeah, I don't know. So I'm not really sure what I want to do. So when you, from when you first went um hospital, you said you could move like five centimetres to now. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually – it was funny actually because – um, so after my accident, I lost – I lost all sensation from my chest down. As I said, it's a very like unknown injury. They can't really tell you if it's going to come back or not. So I was slowly getting some sensation back in my, like I was patching my hands and my arms and on my chest and stuff. And that was coming back. So that was very optimistic. But um, one of my mate's dads who would come and visit, him and his, my mate would come and visit me heaps. He always said like, oh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna be the reason he can, you know, feel his feet again. I'm like, you're just fucking crazy. Anyway. Um, it's a bit creepy. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> he'd come he'd come in every, every few days and he'd come and, he'd come and like mess around my toes. Right. And it, was it just you and two so I, or no, was, no, no, other people? It was fine. It was, okay. it was sensible. Okay. Um, but, you know, we'd just be in, in my room just – and um, you know, me and my mates would just be um fucking around, and he'd just be standing there, you know, like you know, messing with my toes, and and I was like, oh, "What the fuck are you doing?" Anyway, this one time he came comes in, and he goes and does it again, and I didn't I didn't see him doing it, and I'm just like, "Oh, like I'm like Brian, fuck off," and he's like, "Oh, how did you know I was doing it?" I'm like, "Oh shit, I he felt, felt that." It. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, the, the his prophecy was right. Wow! So the massaging, the, the, messaging, of the, toes. the messing with my toes was um, it worked. Maybe did that. So yeah, so he then continued to come in and fuck with my toes for the next <laughs> for the next three months. Um, that's huge. Yeah, that was funny. That was that was um, it's pretty cool though. Because mm. definitely didn't didn't probably did you expect didn't it? expect it? Yeah, definitely wasn't told it was going to happen. Wow! So that was um, that was probably the first major. This could be a dumb question as well with that, but do you, to feel so, like say the sensation of feeling something, does that correlate to movement or are they two different things? Can uh, you not feel things and move? Completely it? different. Yeah, right. So one is and so there's motor and sensory. Yep. So So you can not feel a part, but so, also be able to move it versus So in some cases people can get motor back, motor function back, but yep. not sensory. Yeah, right. I remember hearing a story about a guy who like he got his motor back but not his sensory and he went to drive it. He was driving a car. I think he crashed because he couldn't feel it. His foot was pushing down on the brake. Oh, shit. Uh, on the accelerator or something. So, but yeah, so I've got my sensory, I got a lot of sensory back. Still patchy in some spots, but got it. I've got it all, obviously all the way down my feet, which is um, a massive plus. Hmm. But the motor is the one I've got to work for. That's where all the, yeah, all the training all, that's comes all the training in. and yeah. the rehab's for. Yeah, and that's improving. Getting that stuff back and that, it's just, it's just reps. It's just repetition. 100%. Um, I don't know. It's like teaching a baby to crawl again. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fun journey. You, you're you often seen at the SP. We've brought, we've brought that up a few nights tonight and 
Yeah, he now, no, well, look, the question's got to be asked. Um, it doesn't actually, but I'm going to anyway. I think I, I think this is this will be a Dylan Alcott special, won't it? Well, we'll ask that he he sort of says this most talks that he does, um, and I think it's worth I making because it it, you're a very stadium. handsome. You're a very handsome man. I appreciate that. Very handsome, probably up there with the, the most handsome in the with probably me. There's two, like, we're on par, I reckon. It's a pretty good group in here. Top two. There's, got, no, there's, there's some handsome, there's the wolf, there's the handsome Dars and, and us two. You wanted to make clear to me, you said, Dylan, before, the, the main, oh, the ma- you said the Turn main the thing of this up, podcast dude. is, oh, you, people need to know. Yeah, this is the whole point of the Everything yeah. is working. Mate. And it actually grew. Full. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake, bro. You said that to me before you came in. Oh, God. I didn't. For the people watching, I didn't say that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah everything works. That's fantastic. Mm. Mm. I, appreciate, I appreciate it, Dylan. You're <laughs> <laughs> manning me whenever you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good for you, my friend. And um, single at the moment? Very. Mm. Too busy on rehab. I'm, I'm married to the game of rehab. Yeah, well, that, I don't know about that because y- you know what's in you when you get a bit older, like myself and and maybe Sam. Darcy's still a little bit, you know, he's in that young stage. It's always interesting to see how lots of how the people are mingling consensually on platforms. Yeah, well, are communicating. I was I was more of a text message guy, but now it's it's definitely on the. You're you always on the messenger, Facebook messenger. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's the big one. At the moment, I don't know how that. Yeah, I don't it's know. Been how, for a while. I don't even have Facebook anymore. I don't. I don't use Facebook that much. Just Messenger. Yeah, yeah. It's um, always dinging. It's always it, dinging while you're in here. Off. Yeah, um, yeah. My question is, when are we going to the SP together? Two handsome <laughs> blokes, you know. I don't know if they could handle it. They <laughs> <laughs> could handle it. Mate, Maybe I, us four will have to go up there. You for were there year. the other week. I was. I saw your sister. Yeah, but went there for. Uh, obviously not with the right intentions. Yeah. You just went there for lunch. And I went there for lunch early. upstairs with family. Yeah, and I'm a sensible young man. I'm, I'm not at the point where I'm going there for nice lunches and leaving. At a, no, um, I drive. Res- there you go. Yeah, I don't drive there. I do drive though. I was going to say yeah. driving. Yeah. So what's the go with that? Funny that actually I've only just started driving the last few months because. When I was 16, got my L's, but they, we got a, you can get cars uh, converted to being hand controlled. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. And so we started getting one of them made. So I was hoping to be driving at around 16, 17 years old, but COVID happened. Mm. So as soon as I get my P's and I'll be able to drive here on my own, Dylan. That's I'll be here every day. Though, I mean. Be good, very, very good. But uh, yeah, it came for you to get an elevator in this place because um, for the people that haven't been here, there are forty stairs at the front. There are some stairs, and yeah. we do. But that's actually a really good um, it's actually a good segue into this. It like kind of yeah, it's like ticking off. We just got to like get it fucking done. And I remember when yeah. I was talking to um your mum about this, and she was like, "Oh, you know, will um, would you be keen to have in?" I was like, "Not really." And then, and then she's like, nah, please, you'd be doing me a massive favour. I was like, look, because it's for you, I'll do it. <laughs> I was like, no, of course, of course, can't wait. Um, but she was like, oh, this is the situation. I was like, no, like, let's just fucking do it. Like, yeah. get over it. We get two guys at the front, one at the back. We just fucking pump it out. It takes like two it. seconds. It's quick. And for me as well, what's been really cool, I open her. 
is the fact that having this that what people might think is a um, deterrent for yeah. things. It's like when Dylan Alcott told the story. I know you listen to the podcast yeah. about the stairs at the party, the, and he's like, yeah. you know, he's like, everyone's not inviting me to parties. What the fuck's going on? They wanted him there, but they were just too. Mm. Awkward to have the conversation about just picking someone up the stairs. Yeah, no, Whereas, that, that yeah. kind of um, goes back around to like how good my friends have been for me. Yeah, I used to be real. I used to like, or if I got invited to something or I had to go somewhere, I would spend hours like take, asking people like like the host of something, are there stairs? What's accessibility like? Yeah, all this shit. I was so paranoid, but because of how good my friends were it quickly became a, like didn't even have to ask. Yeah. I just knew if I had them there, I could do absolutely whatever. You make it work. Yeah. It's not going to be per- – sometimes it's not going to be perfect and, and we can get a lot better in that space, especially yeah. here like with the stairs. Like, yeah, we've got like – we've got – me and mate's got our own funny party story. Yeah. So <laughs> this is kind of – this is at probably year nine and so this is in between when I was like still a bit a bit frantic about going going to like unknown places and stuff. And me and a few mates got invited to uh, some after party for a form or something. And I texted the, the, the host that invited me and I'm like, oh, like what's the situation with the accessibility? And like, oh, it's all good. It's like flat, one level um, venue, you're fine. The venue's on the other side of the city. So hour drive at night. We're like, all right, it's all good. Let's go. Now, I didn't drink till I was 18 because I followed – the rules of the law um loser but <laughs> but um my other friends not quite so yeah so year nine how old are you in year nine like 15 15 yeah jesus that's me young boys okay maybe it was year, 16 my mates were definitely 16 at the yeah time. Wow. and back then all it took was two drinks and to be pissed still does so yeah <laughs> <laughs> two cruises but yeah so we drive 50 minutes an hour to the other side of the city, get to this real rogue area and it's got this, this venue. We get there, it's all, the bottom floor's all open and we get there about half an hour late and I don't see anyone. Like, fuck, are we in the right spot? I'm like, yeah, this is it. We go in, these parents come up to me and they go, oh, you must be Will. I'm like, yeah, like, where the fuck's the party? My two mates are like behind me trying not to like f- fucking trip over each other because they're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, oh, uh, there's three flights of like 20 stairs in the back corner. You got to get up. I'm like, oh, so there's a bus me an elevator. Uh, no. Nah. Would you like the security guys to come help you lift? I'm like, yeah, sure. Anyway, these guys come over. So like these two like frail old blokes. Oh, no. I'm like, um, I'm going to have to get my two blind friends to lift me up. I would much rather trust them. So my two mates were off their f- head. Inebriated. Lift me up like 65 stairs and I was shit scared. But, and these two security guys, I tried to help my nuts. Fuck, I just let the, let the boys do it. Like they know what they're doing. I think that was, I think that was the groundbreaking moment of like, if we can do that, we can probably do we anything. Can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was cool. That was funny. And you also... Becoming super independent, moving out in the next... Moving out, yeah. How long? Well, so I've... Mum and dad moved out on me a few years ago. <laughs> as harsh as that sounds. Um, no, nah, but pre-COVID, they um 
they moved up to Cabarita with the, the, the two younger siblings because my older sister was up on the Gold Coast doing uni. So they, I was on my own, obviously with living with carers yep. um, around the clock. Um, but I was on my own for a year and a half, maybe nearly two years. Well, actually, that's a lie. I'm still on my own. But they moved back down to Melbourne uh, kind of when COVID got a bit bit crazy. But now the plan is they're moving back into the family home that I'm in at the moment as soon as I'm out. Just because I've gotten so used to being on my own and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, lot, it's a lot different to living with a family. A whole family in the yeah, house. Hundred percent. It's funny because you know, as when that happened, everyone was like, "Oh, you're lucky!" You know, you, every kid's dream on your own, or at the age of eighteen, don't have to worry about any parents in the house and shit. At first, like, "Oh yeah, that's pretty cool," but then, like, you know, you start to kind of realize, you know, it's actually a lot nicer having your family in the house. Mm. Yeah, it's been tough not being able to come home and just hang out with. with it's like hanging out with friends, really, but you don't have to go and go out and see them. We it just with the whole rehab and the schedule and routine thing I was talking about, it did make that a lot easier. Yeah, being living independently or as independent as possible that was a that was a big step up going from family to no family. But it's a lot better now that they're back around the corner. Yeah, but yeah, moving out. I've been lucky enough to meet your mum, obviously a lot of times. Your dad. Mm. Um, Nick and sister Tess. I've met your other two siblings. You haven't met the rascals. I haven't yet. met the rascals, but you must be pretty, pretty, you know, proud and, and love them a fair bit for a lot of the support, like both ways that you've given each other over yeah. the time. You can no, imagine it be a pretty challenging period. Uh yeah, no, definitely. It's it's definitely been um a roller coaster for them as well, especially especially the two, uh, all the siblings, the younger ones as well, especially. Just because what they would have been like, I don't even know how young they were seven years ago, like like eight, eight and five or something. So it's not the easiest to bring up for two little kids when at the time where your parents should should have all their attention on you, it's not. It's on your older brother who shouldn't have any of the attention anymore. So they've done they've done really well. There's not many words you can say about it mm. other than that. They've killed it just as much as I have. Yeah, and then you yeah, obviously mum and dad. They've that they, they were the ones who had to give me the attention. So without their without their drive, I wouldn't. I would have been in hospital for a year. I would have, you know, probably been a lot further back than what I am now. So that it was, I was I was lucky that it was mum and I had got mum and dad driving it. Yeah, and you know some people definitely aren't as for, as fortunate as what I was to have such a supportive friendship group and. Um, community and especially family, because you know some people would just would just have to follow the the traditional path that they want to give you. So I'll, I'll never I'll never take that for granted, because um, I've definitely seen a lot of other people in similar situations as me without the the um, opportunity that I've had, and it definitely has paid off for me that I've had it. So that's why I feel like. That's why I don't really ever want to stop. That's why I back because I, you know, I question myself a lot, and I had a lot of people question me back then. You know, people, people at the hospital, people that you'd you'd, you'd meet that you know they'd tell you, oh, you know, 
you, you, the choices you're making are wrong. Like, there's no point. Or we reckon you should take this path. And like, no, I feel like that'll just be kind of taking all these opportunities I've been giving for granted and not doing the most with it. So, I, you know, I feel like I've taken the fairly right path with what I've been given. And as I said, yeah, it's definitely paid off. But that has definitely come from the backbone of mum and dad and the siblings and stuff and my grandparents who let me stay at the house for two years and and the community raising money friends always being there it's a yeah it's a pretty big team it is man mm. it's incredible and they wouldn't do it if you weren't such a good dude about time you admitted it yeah i oh, know i didn't want to but i had to um no nah, but you you you're an inspiration mate. i don't say that lightly it's been um it's been incredible to get to know over the last sort of few months and I know this is just not the beginning for, for you in terms of telling your story but just the beginning for hopefully all of our friendship here um, and what you're doing at the studio um, and whatever you want to do, you're always welcome to come in and, and get things done. But, yeah, we love having you around, man. We oh, love it. And I think it's um, it's a really cool time for you. I feel like you're starting to really take off and, and work out, learn a lot about yourself yeah. that you haven't probably – given a lot to before and I think today's just the beginning we fumbled around and just got through your story it definitely won't be the last time that we hear from from you I know that um you know whether that's in um about anything else I know you're a mad basketball fan you think you know anything about you know, everything about the NFL you I don't know I don't know if that's true or not but you feel like you do um but it's exciting I'm excited to, for what's next and um I'm blessed to, to sit down and and have a chat with you today about it yeah no I mean I appreciate it um I'm glad I could come on comfortable, comfortable space and speak about it. Definitely hasn't been something I've, I never really thought about, like I never put a timestamp on when I was going to speak about it. Mm. So being able to come in and feel like this is the right space to do it definitely, um, definitely says something about no, you guys and you, what you guys are doing. So I, thanks for having me on and yeah, mm. just the yeah. beginning. You'll be back, brother. We'll, uh, we'll be doing a lot more. Um, but yeah, can't thank you enough, mate. It's going to be, uh, exciting time and i'm looking forward to seeing what's what's next and can't thank you enough for the openness and and honesty with you with your situation because i know it's going to have um impact a lot of people and and obviously help tell your story too a little bit thank you bro i appreciate it no thanks for listening done thanks for listening to another producey podcast if you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest, or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at producer.com. Thanks for tuning in. IllyXX. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble.